Hey, everybody, it's Ben and Rob, your host from Rise.TV, bringing you the answers that will leave you all on the edge of wonder. Why does it seem like Hollywood producers can predict global occurrences in both films and TV shows? Yeah, Netflix recently released Leave the World Behind, which takes place during the aftermath of an EMP cyber attack that severed the world's access to all electronic devices. And guess who produced the film? Da -da -da. The Obamas. <laughs> Was this film made for entertainment purposes or is it a form of predicting programming or are they just making fun of us all? Probably all the above. And is there a deeper significance and could it hint at the possibility of a Chinese launched EMP attack? What about the strange weather phenomena we've had, like the recent tornado strikes in Tennessee and the Maui fires? Could all of these events be connected? Well, join us as we dive into all of this, followed by our live Q&A and a meditation slash prayer only on Rise.TV. So we'll see you guys out on the edge. And if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts or elsewhere, please leave us a five star rating and review to help us reach even more people. Also, ben, how you doing? Follow, subscribe, you know, all of that. No, good. How are you doing, Rob? Good. Yeah, uh, I wasn't expecting to have this show today, to be honest. I, Why? Well, <laughs> all this stuff happened with Leave the World Behind, and it kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I just brought up a lot of stuff, you know? I mean, there's... Yeah, sure did. We've got years of, of footage, kind of, and then... Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff from this movie that we're going to have to get into. So for those of you at home that don't know what's going on, <clears throat> a movie was just released on Netflix called Leave mm -hmm. the World Behind. And this movie basically runs through the scenario of what would happen if a cyber attack hit the United States. Um, they've got like really, really famous stars in here, you know, Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts, I can never pronounce this fellow's name on the left. Um, Herschel Ali, I believe his name is. And, um, man, <laughs> there's so much symbolism in this movie and we're going to attempt to go through a bunch of that symbolism with you guys, kind of like only edge of wonder can, um, some <laughs> of it, you know, other people have figured out and some of it, no one's figured out. We figured yeah. it out and we're going to tell you guys about it. Yeah, it's very true. Um, I, I would not recommend watching this movie, but if you want to know what's going on, no, you know what? maybe would, go watch the movie. I would recommend watching this movie if you want to leave feeling depressed for a few days. <laughs> well, I have to be honest. I haven't seen the whole thing. I did watch the trailer. I watched the intro. I, I read a bunch of stuff and collecting a lot of information behind it. And I, I was reading through the script, actually. So Rob and I were working on together on this, but you did watch the movie. And um, like I said, I, I was watching like bits and pieces of it to kind of get an idea and, and specific parts to pull all the like crazy symbolism. But I, I just could not. It was actually, over I, I have to say um, there was crazy symbolism. Yes. But I would actually call it extremely lazy symbolism. I mean, it's like stuff right in front of your face. That's like, like some of the lines in there. Dude, I know. Terrible screenwriting. It's like, like so Ethan Hawke walks up to Julia Roberts. They see a deer outside and he's like, oh, 
Look at that Mesoamerican symbolism right there. <laughs> Who says that in a movie? <laughs> Mesoamerican symbolism. You say that in a movie? Like we're, it's we're very, very specific. Like he's pointing out very specific things. Like they were they were really trying to get you to to like consume the movie the way they wanted you to, you know? Right, right. Well, even the very beginning of the movie actually starts out with Julia Roberts. Um, and her first line in the movie starts out with like, I remembered what the world is actually like. And I came to a more accurate realization. I effing hate people. Right. <laughs> like that, like that's, that starts out the movie. And, and then, of course, she's the she's the racist in the movie. You know, oh, OK, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, of course, I mean it's it's like they're constantly trying to bombard us with this information that oh the america is all divided um this is what really what the world is like like the world is you know everything is is extreme like all people suck and it's kind of, i feel like that's kind of like this precursor of potentially you know why they want to fulfill their agenda like oh yeah so this is why like oh, yeah all people are bad so this is why we we like a bunch of people well, need to die and so why why are we doing a show on this and why is it relevant well recently um one of our ex presidents uh who released this show this movie he said that it. yeah he yes. believes that one of the biggest concerns in the United States that we have is a EMP or a cyber attack hitting the US. And um, it would be a more catastrophic um, lockdown, I guess you could say, than the pandemic. It would be more catastrophic than the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, which is a fully loaded statement coming from an ex-president who's just who's just produced this film, you know? Yeah. Most of the time, ex-presidents just disappear into history. They don't really do anything after they were a president. And here we've got, you know, a very active ex-president you know, yeah. on the board of Netflix or something and producing yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Marco, if you could pull up the screen rant. So, because I, I wanted to understand, you know, one, like why how were they involved um the obamas and why specifically so this this article in screen rant kind of break it bro broke it down like barack obama's contribution helped bring the apocalyptic tension and realism to life in the thrilling film adaptation of leave the world behind so this is actually a book and supposedly i guess the obama family were 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 really into this book and so when they were making the movie it even says that the director um, the director revealed that he would ask the former president for advice when pinning the original drafts as it helped him root the story in reality. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what reality? But, but it, um, so it, this is fascinating. It says the way the characters interact with the complex scenes and explore deeper themes is all thanks to the Obama's family involvement. Um, Barack Obama real utilized his presidential experience to fine tune the technological disaster aspects of the film, contributing to the to its thrilling and realistic balance. I'm not really sure quite what the balance it's talking about. Do you want to read this quote, Rob? It's talking uh, about like through, through the film. 
<clears throat> yeah, throughout the film, the apocalyptic nature of the movie was able to serve as the background for the film to explore things like race relations and class tensions. Surprise, surprise. The Obama family was able to help bring this to life thanks to their large contributions to the project. Yeah, Barack Obama was especially invested in the film, providing valuable and detailed notes on the script. The director, Sam Esmail, is that how you pronounce his name? I'm not 100% sure, but... Esmail, he revealed that he would ask the former president for advice when penning the original drafts as it helped him root the story in reality. You said that, right? That's really yeah, yeah. Weird. It is really weird. Yeah. And he, so Ismail explained that the former president is a huge movie lover, fan of the book. So his obsessions weren't just based on his background, but also for the love of the project. But again, I mean, it's just kind of strange. It's like, okay, you know, that's cool. He, you know, he helped out on a film, but it's like, why the specific film is one thing. Okay. He liked the book, but it's like when we start looking into the symbolism and talk about some of the dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I, I just was talking about the one, but there's so much weird dialogue in this. Well, it was um, very intentional dialogue. Yeah. It was very intentional dialogue to make a specific point. Right. So, mm -hmm. okay. This film felt like it was a, it was a film in reaction to, um, I don't know how else to say it. Right-leaning people over the last four years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all the symbolism in it was related to that as well, right? And, um, <clears throat> like, this one, I can tell you, like, if you ask me what the purpose of this film was, this one piece of dialogue felt like they were leading up to just so that, that this dialogue could go on between Hersha Ali and and Julia Roberts. And it was um, this let's, I'm going to read this quote here. Okay. Um, one of the characters. Okay. So this is it. One of the characters tells a story about how he met a high ranking Pentagon official. And this official jokes about, Oh, I'm going to meet with the evil cabal that runs the world. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> okay. So now let me let me add some context here. <laughs> this gets said in the movie. Okay. It does. I okay. know. It gets said in the movie, and but the whole point of it was him him telling her that okay, so the guy, Mahersha Ali, his his character, he's like a money guy. He moves money around, stock guy, right? That's what it appears. And um, he's saying that he he like moves the money around for like different really high level people, including this one Pentagon official who he says, if you knew his name, you'd know who I'm talking about. He doesn't reveal who it is. Interesting. He says the day before the cyber attack hits, he gets a call from this Pentagon official asking him to move a bunch of money somewhere. And the pen and he says he says to the guy like, uh, you know, take care of yourself, basically. And the guy's like, what are you going to? You, you want to grab a, a drink or something and you're going to meet with your cabal friends. And the guy just says, like, take care of yourself. He doesn't say anything else. Almost like he knew something was going to happen. Right. <laughs> so he's like, you know, the funny part is the, and he's making this point to Julia Roberts. He's like, the funny part is the truth of it is there is no evil cabal. And he's like, he's like, no one's in control. But if you're if 
<laughs> you're a high high level enough ranking official, you might you might get some information, and that might be enough to to save your life. And you know, I'm not saying I disagree or agree with it, but right, it was right, like right, you right. you spent half the movie leading up to this one story just so that <clears throat> you could say this specific thing that like they were just trying to make the point that there is no cabal there is no control that it's just chaos like mm. what's going to ruin the world is chaos not like a a group of men in a room that are making decisions for your life why would you even like why do you even need to say that that's right, what's weird exactly. about it yeah you know? yeah yeah well i and i think from from another perspective and we'll probably get into this a little later cuz there, there's a few more quotes that we, well okay actually before i get into that because we're going to read some more quotes that that will bring what I was going to say together before we do that. Um, there is this other quote from the movie that says when the world falls apart, trust should not be doled out easily to anyone, especially white people. <laughs> like, like, like why, why would you have that in the movie? Like, I, I, I don't, I, you know, That's it's just like kinda... ridiculous. <laughs> like we are seriously living in a clown world. <laughs> and and it's like and then the other aspect is I, um you know again with the dialogue that there seemed to be a direct attack against god like the whole concept of god it's like and because so ethan hawk the father at one point he says he this is what he says that he's a he he's like i'm a useless man without modern technology Meaning like because they, they lost all the technology during this attack, there's no longer anything that they can do without technology. And and or and it's like, but and on, on the other hand, it's like if you have if you're like a spiritual person and you have God, then it's like, oh, okay, even though we lost everything, we'll just have faith knowing that God will lead us to whatever. And the problem with like all these Hollywood movies now is like they, they they're, they're not even like removing the element of God. Now it's like directly attacking um, like people with faith. I feel like, like it, it's mocking them in a lot of ways. And we we've just lost as a society. Like most people don't even know how to grow food. So it's like, we're, we're, and I think this is intentional, right? They want us to get us addicted and get so immersed in technology that we forget how to like live normally. And so I think that this is another aspect of this movie. Hopefully this, this movie, well, after reading some of the reviews, it, it seems like it, it's, it is doing that with certain people. Certain people are like, oh, I'm going to do the opposite of what this says now, because like, I, I don't want to follow this and I don't want to like get in, like, you know, just be like everybody else. And if this actually happens, it's like, yeah, we, we, we would, you know, there would be a lot of people that would die if, there was an EMP attack. I mean, it's true, but you know, th this makes it sound like though th throughout this movie that your fellow human is always your enemy. So if there's a disaster, don't trust anyone. Whereas like me being in Florida after the hurricane, there were so many people that got together to help each other out. I don't think that we're going to have this scenario where everyone's like, you know, shooting each other for things. You know, I really think that it would, actually bring people together and that's what they don't want to happen but i don't what, what are your thoughts on that rob what do you um, think <clears throat> yeah i mean this whole i just think people should be less lazy when they're creating movies 
<laughs> That's what I think. We're not, I we're feel not like this is the laziest agendas. movie. What? <laughs> or full of agendas, right? It's, 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 it's like, it's it's like, like <sighs> the entire purpose of the movie is just this like wild agenda roller coaster. And I and like we have yeah. talked about the movie a little bit here, but we've revealed nothing. Like you, you, you watch, if you watch the movie, like you, there's no, what spoilers? There's no spoilers. Like it, the spoilers are actually in the description of the movie. It tells you what it's about. And we're just telling you yeah. some of the things that were said in the film. So, um, there's not really much to spoil here. It's, it's a lot of dialogue. It's wordy. I don't and think it's anyone. Like, <laughs> anyone that's watching us right now probably could care less if we were spoiling the movie because it's like we're not telling you to go watch it anyway but it's like if you want to watch it for the symbolism and, uh, and like the the actual like how bad this is then that's what i would watch it for so that that's really funny um but <clears throat> well let's um man. let's play a trailer and then when yeah, we come back we're gonna good. get into gosh a whole lot more um on this film on on emps on cyber attacks and what would really happen in the world if uh, or in the united states if if those hit um and we'll be getting into some weather and some other things so why don't we play that trailer and we'll be right back sounds good scrooge has nothing on one santa who uses his final act to help his tiny tin a man catches a glimpse of something greater than himself when he stares in the eyes of a stranger in grand central station a balloon letter to Santa returns with a miracle attached. A historical truce, the power of righteous thoughts and miraculous escapes from mortal peril leave everyone amazed. Sometimes we have the opportunity to do good things for others, to spread good will toward men and treat every day like it's Christmas. At times like these, I like to think that Santa really does exist. And after our research into inspiring real-life Santa stories and sightings, we think you're going to believe, too, when you hear what we found. Join Edge of Wonder for Santa Claus stories, good deeds, and Christmas spirit. All right, welcome back. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, we're having a special too. Um, so you can join Rise TV for $7 a month if you go to rise.tv slash holiday and um, join our platform and be a part of the Rise community. <laughs> yeah, we've got um, just this, just for the next couple of weeks, big, big sale right now. It's our uh, yearly sale and uh, it, it discounts actually the subscription to Rise TV for quite a bit. We've got like over 500 videos on rise.tv you'll never get bored on there we've covered gosh almost everything you can think of um so yeah if you'd like to join uh rise.tv it would be great we'd love to have you and uh you can join our awesome community who's over here chatting with us right now and uh they're super awesome people and yeah we hope to have you guys on <laughs> all right <laughs> more on uh the world leave the world behind which is also a really strange movie title why is it called that i don't know like there's yeah. those left behind movies you know i was trying to figure that out like why call it leave the world behind i don't know that probably is a symbol to some like <laughs> and we're gonna get into all the symbolism here soon but you know uh, one a couple more things with some of these quotes i i mean 
this is a crazy quote. And you're right. The dialogue, when I was reading the dialogue, it was so boring. I'm like, who, who approved this anyway? But Julia Roberts, again, one of her quotes in this movie is that we F, uh, we F each other over, over and over and don't even realize it. We F everything, every living thing on this planet over. And we think it will be fine because we use paper straws and order and order the free range chicken. The sick thing is, I think deep down, we know we're not fooling anyone. And I know, and I think we know we're living a lie, a mass delusion to help us ignore and keep ignoring how awful we really are. It's like, I, yeah, I mean, I feel, yeah. What do you think? I just think like this group of people thinks humans are the problem, that humans are the yes. parasite on earth. And so they're trying to make everyone feel like how they feel about humans. I don't know. Well, and, and, and I think like the conclusion would be like, yeah, you know, humans are so horrible. We, we probably need to lower the population. Like that, that's where I feel like this is going. And I'm not trying to say like, this is what the movie is trying to convey or the point that it's trying to make. But it's like, to me, this is the conclusion that, that I kind of get to. It's like, is this why they're, they're trying to make an excuse why we need to lower the population? I mean, if that's really the plan that they want to do. Um, the, the other thing is that uh, about the free range chickens. Sorry, this is my. No. The other thing about the free range chickens and paper straws is like, that's only what the elites give us. So it's like a reality. It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, they're, they're blaming us for or making fun of people for doing that. But then it's like, why not end all production of plastic, which would actually change the face of this planet and essentially help the global warming <clears throat> aspect. I mean, they're blaming, you know, gas stoves instead of, oh yeah, maybe it's the 5 billion bottles of plastic that get, you know, thrown into the sea every, every few months. <laughs> maybe that has something to do with it. Not so much the gas stove in your homes, you know, that we've been using for, for 200 centuries now. <laughs> hey, right. <clears throat> Two, I'm sorry, not 200 centuries. I like, I like 200 centuries. We've probably been using them for 200 centuries. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Let's be honest. Um, yeah, so, okay. Uh, let's. I think we should go into symbolism now. Because symbolism in the film. Uh, and so when you're watching this film, some of it you might catch and some of it you might not catch. But there's a couple of things that I want to tell you about that's, that is rather disconcerting. Okay. One is at the beginning of the film, the film starts by <clears throat> a gigantic ship basically crashing into shore while this family is at the beach. Did you pay attention and see what the name of this of no. this ship was? I didn't. The, it was an oil tanker. And the name of the ship was White Lion. Do you know what that is? I think I did see that, but it, but I, it it didn't. I to me it didn't click on anything. Do you know what the what the Trump Pence logo was for their no. 2020 and 2024 run? Was it, it was, was a white, white lion. lion? Yeah. Uh -huh. And so they, 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 you know, there are all these hit pieces written about this. Trump accidentally signals affinity with, uh, with white nationalists and new campaign logo that's not Gosh. true i mean he didn't know anything about that it was just a white lion on there but the white lion <laughs> is trump and the oil tanker represents oil 
you know, a, a kind of like a, <clears throat> a hint of the old world, which was run on oil and it crashes onto shore. Right. Uh -huh. And Trump was the oil guy. Gas was a lot lower. He had opened up the pipeline. Right. So this crashes into shore and then all these people start going running. And um, and then you find out just in a little bit, we start seeing some of these other things like, uh, you know, this. Go ahead. Oh, what, what were you going to say? Well, so, no, no, no. So then I'm just going through. I'm oh, yeah. Okay. So, so this is the one I noticed. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. This is still the white lion. So leave the world behind's white lion tank tanker scene versus bizarre fan theory. <laughs> it's not bizarre fan theory. It's like, why did you call it white lion? All of these things mean something in a movie. Well, a director does everything on purpose. Yeah, and if it was like one thing, okay, yeah, I can see it's just a coincidence, right? But like I said, we're going to get into a whole bunch of these things. Then when you start looking at all of them as a whole, you're like, okay, something weird is going on here. So this next one is really strange. I don't even think you saw this, Rob. So let's see. Marco, can you pull up the next one here? So it, there's 666 here. The clock is on 6 o'clock. Let's see. Um, the mug Weird. says, okay, now it granted it does say 76, but the thing is, you don't you can see only the see seven the six. very well, you only see the six. The clock is on six, it's like 6 30. Then, if you if you scroll over on the other side, there's it just shows the number six only, so there's three sixes there. Now, That's weird. again, th this could just be a random thing, but like you, like as a director. Everything has its meaning and order, especially as, as like me being a professional photographer, you notice all these would notice <clears> all these little details in the shot, right? It almost looks like it was deliberately set up this way. And how, how like random is it that they just happened to, to have the clock at 630 and then they put these two mugs in there with, with six. It's just, it's just really, really strange things. And again, okay. There's like two, two here, but then it's like this next one is from their flyer okay and when you yeah. start when you start looking at all this stuff then that's that's when it just you start questioning like what the heck is going on you know and why would they do this so okay marco can you get the next one going this is crazy <laughs> so <clears throat> uh and actually marco he, he actually found this one so i have to give him props for this one so yeah coincidence i don't know ball is in the you know you, you see it standing out there um it's just strange that the other like none of the other letters really really line up. up and can do that yeah really. i know it, it's just you know and the other thing is if you look at the j and the e they're they're not in a straight line so these were like kind of like usually when you're putting fonts like this, it, it lines up somewhere and it didn't really quite, it doesn't really quite line up. So it doesn't make a lot, I don't know. To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but maybe, I don't know. Did, did they do this on purpose? It's up to you guys to decide. It's hard to it know. It's hard to imagine that they, that this wasn't somewhat on purpose because mm -hmm. you would have put, this is going to be Frank here. Like they would have put the black actors in first. And then it wouldn't have spelled that. Right about that. 
you possibly might be right about that. Or Ethan Hawke underneath Julia. Yeah, because he's more of the top billing. It's possible. So it, it, it is really weird about this. Um, the other thing, which you can't really see on this poster very well, is there's like a deer or a stag. And the stag is all throughout the entire film. And all the posters, they have the deer on it. Yeah, like this. And of course, you remember like the Ross, the Rothschilds party that they had in the seventies. Oh uh, yeah, the stag. And the, and the, ma the main, the main Rothschild. I forget her her name, you know, but but she had. That's what she had as her costume, and that is a common common theme in a lot of occult symbolism, and um, and you know, it's like the the horn gods. So like when you and I were diving into a lot of the. Uh, Saturn symbolism and everything. This is one of the things that that we came across was that the horn gods, uh, like stags, could represent that, um, and also as like a connection to something supernatural, otherworldly, the fairy realm, being some kind of messenger, or like you know having a message. Usually, uh, a, I think mostly a bad omen, but not all the time. So, um, but yes, yeah, Cernanos was one of the big things that came came with the when i was researching this um and of course like cern <laughs> it's a whole other conversation to this but it's like why i mean there, this is a movie about about you know this this these this how technology just gets shut down and it's like what what's the point of having a deer in your poster like it also a really sense. good point someone made here on our chat is like where's kevin bacon's name in there like Kevin oh Bacon's gosh. name would have threw that off. And he was a huge actor in that movie. That's a know? good, that's a really, really good point. That's a nice, sorry. I can't see the, the chat today. I'm uh, uh oh, good. Yeah. Where am I? Where am I that home? was actually on, uh, on YouTube. Pam Buono said that. Nice. All right. Here's the, here's the other one. That's really weird. And you know, I was seeing the screenshot everywhere and I didn't understand what it was until today <laughs> when I, when I realized it's from the movie. But um, these two, the, the, the children in the movie, I guess, and they have this, um, their shirts. It's what they say, what's on written on their shirts. Yeah, okay. Oh, so Obey NASA. Right. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> well, okay, wait, there's more to this, right? First of all, the Obey thing is weird because of... Oh, like obey came from the you know the rowdy piper movie they live right that's where obey right. was first seen but wait right. check this out the artist that drew that andre the giant obey uh illustration is the same artist that did obama's hope well art i was gonna say on his shirt it looks like obama no it but it's it's right. It's I mean, Andre it's the Giant, done. but that guy who who it's painted Andre that the is giant? the same guy that did the uh, the Hope the the Obama Hope painting. Wow, I I don't know why. Like when I first saw it, I didn't even know what this was from. I just saw a you know seeing screenshots being shared over the last week, and I kept seeing this, and I didn't understand what it was, and I I thought, why is Obama on this kid's shirt? <laughs> so. <laughs> then I found out it was from this movie, but you're saying it's actually Andre the Giant. But well, that's okay, really so oh, this Obey, this Obey brand is like a skateboarding brand. Yeah, right? no, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean now, and, now it is. Now it is. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and a t-shirt company and everything, but yeah, mostly. So, and then the other aspect was the the 
so, you know, it's really interesting because a lot of politicians have been promoting Tesla for so long, um, you know, and ever since Elon bought Twitter, things have kind of changed. And this movie was directly showing the dangers of self-driving cars because everything was getting hijacked and cyber attacked. And they specifically focused on Tesla cars. You know what was super movie. weird about this was, <clears throat> yeah, it was like all of the people that they don't like right now, they targeted, you know? And so they hit, yeah. it was like all of these Teslas all self-driving themselves and blocking up all of the roads, which is weird because everyone's been so crazy about buying it's like electric cars, like EVs. Yeah, you I know? know they have been. Right. Yeah. And a couple, a couple other things people noticed. There was an all-seeing eye on um, on one of the walls of the paintings. So the Friends episode—that's the other big one. And and uh, in one of the um, in one of the scenes, they're watching. I think it's near the end of the movie. They're watching a clip. There's all the Teslas. Like, every, look at how many Teslas are there. That's so weird to think about. Like, yeah, go, it's like they're basically all the way leading up to Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. No one can get through anywhere or go anywhere. So, yeah. And so the other thing about the Friends episode, so they were watching a Friends episode on an iPad and it happened to be the very last episode called The Last One. And, you know, then then like with Matthew Perry's death and whatnot, a lot of people thought it could be some symbolism saying like, yeah, there's going to be more that's going to follow with this like that that's potentially what a lot of people have have thought about at least online breaking this down of course like you know everyone's being called a crazy uh conspiracy theorist there but whatever you know i'm just saying like it's just weird that you know granted he just died but the question is i i they already they had to made this movie before he died because i mean right i mean the movie had to be produced already before who died so that's a what before who died matthew perry oh oh yeah because they're watching the last episode now it could just be a coincidence that there happened to be the last episode of friends and then you know that's like with matthew perry's death it, it happened or is it i don't know was it predicting his death like i don't know it's been it was really strange actually a lot of people found it really weird and of course like there's a very strong blue and yellow color scheme. And I'm still not really, I haven't quite figured out what the symbolism in that. Maybe what green Ukraine. You <laughs> I'm serious. Oh my gosh. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> Dude, that has to be it, man. It has, that to, be has it. to be it. No, but that like, that's, that's not it. Like the deer, the deer symbolism is really weird. Cause they're, cause they're, um, they're referencing wow. Mesoamerican culture or mythology. And all of that was just like the human sacrifice stuff going down into Mexico, you know? So, and like the stag, this is the stag back to the stag, you know, like that is just really weird. Um, and then, okay. And then of course this, this other thing that's really weird is we just we have Israel and Hamas in a in a like in a battle to the death right now in the Middle East. And the flyers that drop from the sky are basically have Arabic written all over them. And it says death to America. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like, how did you know? <laughs> you know, like. That's weird, you know. 
Yeah, and there is actually um, somebody used the chat GPT to translate the entire thing. And, and it just, it, yeah, this is it right here. Marco, can you scroll down a little bit? What does it say in English? If you find this letter, it means that I am in danger and need your help. I was forced to work with a man who claims he controls demons. He says his name is Azazel and he promised me things, but now I'm afraid he's planning something big and I'm a part of it. I cannot go to the police for they are also involved. Please, you must help me. Like this would drop from the sky, like hundreds of thousands of these flyers were dropped from the sky. And Azazel is like one of the main demons, like in the Middle East back in the day. Yeah. It's one of the demons yeah, that King I, Solomon used to control. Yeah. And, and then uh, I think on the other side of it, it, it had the, that one phrase which said death to America. And then you flip it over and then that whole thing was on there. So, oh, so crazy. So crazy. All right. Well, what, we're going to show uh, another trailer. Actually, we're going to show our ho holiday promo trailer. And then we get back, we'll talk about EMPs and um, talk about what could potentially happen and uh, China as well. So cool. We'll be right back. The TV is biased and chaotic. The movies are cliche and boring. The Matrix is taking over. Where can I find some good entertainment for goodness sake? Well, look no further. Get our streaming platform, Rise.tv, for 25% off. Hundreds of videos, positivity, humor, and deep dives into mysteries and metaphysical topics. What more could I ask for? Want to hear the truth about Bigfoot? Near-death experiences? the evils of communism, ancient civilizations, and supernatural things? Rise.tv has you covered. I used to be sad, lonely, and depressed. Not anymore. You'll love interacting with awesome people on Rise.tv. There's so much to watch. Ben and Rob are great. Those guys always make me forget the world is falling apart. Subscribe to Rise.TV yourself or give your loved ones the gift of true, uncensored information. For the holidays, the yearly subscription is more than 25% off. That's just $7 a month. I want Rise.TV for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the name of that uh, artist that drew the Obey poster and the um, and the Obama Hope poster is a guy named Shepard Ferry. He is a mm. very famous illustrator who went to Rhode Island School of Design and kind of got himself in with these styles. Um, uh, Banksy did some other things. I think some other people think that Banksy might have drew that Obey poster, but actually it was Shepard Ferry that that did no, that. He didn't. Yeah. Okay, so you guys, uh, yeah, our holiday deal. Um, please think about subscribing to Rise.TV um, and joining us on our platform. Uh, this, uh, yeah, this uh, deal will only last for a couple more weeks. So we'd love to get you guys in. And it's only $7 a month for the whole year. So definitely check that out. 
Okay, so yeah. Content. So, um, you know, like EMPs and um, cyber attacks and, and all of this stuff, like it is true. Um, there's some danger here. And the fact that we had a Chinese weather balloon floating through the entire country a couple of months ago and no one was willing to take it down for some BS reason. Until after it went across the entire country, then they're like, oh, yeah, we shot it down now. It's like, um, okay. And, and I think a lot of people who, you know, are into security are concerned about this because it, a, a weather balloon could be a perfect vessel to carry something like an EMP. And now an EMP, if it was to go off and it was to wipe out, let's say, a portion, I think I heard figures that like five EMPs could wipe out the entire United States. Only five. Like think about how big the United States is now. But how it would work is that if one of them went off, it might wipe out all of the power grids across the United States because it would it would make the other uh, power grids very fragile. When this EMP went off, all of these transformers would go out. Transformers that are unprotected would all go out. And these take like an, an extremely long time to replace, like months. So you're talking about five EMPs going off. We would lose electricity until September of next year. And by that time, they think that like the entire United States would be dead pretty much. Like we wouldn't wow. figure it out. And, uh, and because we rely so heavily on electricity, right? Now, what's interesting is, and we could pull some of this up, uh, and I, I do want to watch a couple of clips because there's a few that I've yeah. that I found. But sure, um, Marco, if you could pull up this mindmatters.ai um, article, there's an important section in here that's the key difference between a natural CME, which is a solar-like uh, mm -hmm. storm, I guess you could say, and an so in other words, attack. So in the other sun. words, if the sun sent out like some kind of solar, um, what is it? To yeah. Solar, I don't, I don't want to say. I'm, like lost the name of the solar stream, whatever. Oh, no, whatever. Flare, solar flare. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I was going to say something funnier, but. <laughs> um, okay, so the the key difference between a natural CME and the dreaded EMP attack. So while if you can scroll down here um, to that, yeah, there you go. While a massive solar CME could shut down a significant fraction of the world's electrical grid, electronic devices not connected to the grid would not be damaged. But the electromagnetic pulse emitted by a nuclear explosion, now nuclear explosions can create the type of radiation, it, they can create EMPs, essentially, just so you know. Okay. Uh, is very different because the first of its three phases occurs within billionths of a second. This extremely fast EMP can travel hundreds of miles from an exploding nuke with a voltage potential of 50,000 or more volts per meter. That is far more than enough to permanently damage unshielded semiconductor electronic equipment. The second phase of the EMP from a nuke can also damage electronics. The third phase is much slower and longer. Its target is thousands of miles of high voltage power lines that serve as EMP antennas. As Russia learned during nuclear experiments in the 1960s, they're kind of the OGs of these experiments, by the way, the massive electrical currents absorbed by power lines can critically damage high-voltage transformers and even entire power plants. A widely speculated scenario is that an enemy might launch an EMP nuke high over the central U.S., in an, just like that weather balloon, 
in an attempt to shut down the nation's electrical infrastructure together. Included would be communications, networks, and the computers and controllers that run everything from traffic lights and emergency vehicles to weather instruments and satellite. Well, you know, so, okay, kind of tying things back with the movie and what's going on here. It, 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 and, we, you know, everyone was criticizing the Pentagon and the Biden's administration for not acting fast enough with the weather balloons. And they were like, you know, it didn't seem like a direct threat. But then it's like you have this movie that came out. And if you look at, you know, what's also weird is that movie Contagion that came out in like, what, 2013-ish, 12, somewhere around there. And it was all about this like massive outbreak that started with a bat in China that a pig ate and then people ate the pig and that's how the virus came about. So, and, and then like, you know, the first initial thing was like, oh yeah, it came from a bat. And then it's like, oh, well, that's like racist against Chinese people because they're saying they eat raw bats. And then it, the truth finally emerged after two years and after us being like, you know, YouTube deleting our videos after we're trying to say it, like where it really came from. And then they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. It really did come from a lab, you know. But uh, yeah, anyway, two years later. So anyway, long story short, with this movie that came out, I feel like it's another precursor to something like almost setting a scene for something potential to happen. So if China, China could very and we're focusing on China because they do seem to be in a direct threat with this. But I feel like. With, with what the tech, the technology that the U.S. has, the question is, even if they knew ahead of time that something like that would happen, would they just allow it to happen? You know, that's the question. And I feel like this movie was kind of like hinting on that. Well, here's a possible scenario. And it's like, well, you just let a Chinese weather balloon twice go through the whole country and you didn't do anything about it. And, you know, that I think that's what kind of worries a lot of people. I would love to tell you what I think about this, but I can't <laughs> until we get over to Rise.TV. Okay. It's we too much. Yeah. Publicly, can't really say it, but I will reveal everything that I think is going on on Rise.TV for sure. And it's kind of a whopper. So um, <laughs> think about coming over. Not like the whopper that was traveling down the streets, destroying buildings. You know, that, no, we, we've talked <laughs> Weirder news a while ago. That was a fun whopper. That was a big whopper. All right. So, well, the, the Epic Times that they actually had a, an article: surprise electromagnetic attack from China, part of Beijing's new Blitzberg strategy. Blitzkrieg. So, Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg. I'm sorry, it's a Blitzberg. Yeah, Blitzkrieg. Um. So, uh, this is this is a, a really long article. We don't have to go into this whole entire thing, but basically, there is a report from China that specifically focused on a how, how the U.S. is vulnerable to an attack from electromagnetic pulse, and it was finding those weaknesses within the U.S. power grid. Now, going back to what, again, these Chinese weather balloons, yeah, they might have not been a threat, but what were they, what were they doing? What were they really trying to surveil? You know, were they looking for these uh, specific potential weakness within the U.S. infrastructure? And, you know, that's what this article kind of brings up. And, it, and it, it's like, you know, this this graph, for example, focuses on where, you know, if if something were to happen, how much of the U.S. would really be affected, depending on the size of, of what was, you know, the burst of the electric magnetic energy that that could happen from one of these. 
And, um, and like you said, Rob, yeah, it you know, how the, could this be created? Well, through nuclear missiles, radio frequency weapons, and natural phenomena such as um, geomagnetic storms, you know, because we know like those have a potential to knock grids off too. But the other aspect is, and the big thing, you know, that, that we've covered and we talked about so many times, it's like, why are we still running off our electricity off grids, which is like a hundred year old system? It doesn't make any sense, you know? <laughs> because New York is a lazy. <laughs> I think the power uh, grid in New York has got to be the laziest power grid on the planet. Dude, the subway system was was built in the 19th. It was uh, they updated it in, I think, 1970s, and it was never updated since. So everything runs on switches. So then they have no GPS coordinates or anything. So that's I think why they have the train slaves so running cool. in a treadmill that power new york city <laughs> i wouldn't dude th like the movie metropolis you know the, the movie metropolis yeah. that came out in eight 1920s yeah. we have all these elites living in this like beautiful society and then the the sun you know accidentally ends up going underground and he finds that there are all these slaves down there that are actually running the city for the elites i mean that that's what i feel like would end up happening i mean that movie is such a precursor to everything from every yeah. science fiction movie you can possibly think of Star Wars, Matrix, all of it. So anyway, um, yeah, there's that. This is the movie, The Metropolis. It's really, if you haven't seen it, it's it's silent film, actually. But if you haven't seen it, it's, yeah, it's it is still considered one pretty, of the best movies of all time. Yeah, best science fiction movies of all time. It's the storyline that's so compelling. Um there's like two different parts of the story going on. So one well, guy's trying to like bring back his, his like wife and creates like a robot of her. And it's just, it's just insane. So I would highly recommend checking it out. But, um, but again, you know, so, so, you know, going back to China and the EMP attack, all the stuff you had Xi Jinping who came over here Streets of San, the mayor of San Francisco cleaned up everything for for like she's visit, you know, <laughs> just also ridiculous. Um, like, why not clean up San Francisco for the people that live there? You know, why not? Why for she? So I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the question has always been, could China potentially do something like this? Is it a threat? Would they actually do something like this? Um. I, I honestly, I, I don't think that they have as, as much as like China wants to appear big and strong. And I'm just talking about the CCP here. I'm not talking about the Chinese people. You know, obviously they're the ones suffering more than anybody else. But um, I just don't think that now they could potentially do this unless it was really, really, really planned. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they have the... Or unless somebody wanted it to happen yeah. but we'll get is, into <laughs> yeah the thing is though is um point, it, you, china isn't really a concern unless they invade taiwan this is true what i've always said is if they haven't invaded taiwan yet and took that back then you don't really have to worry about them focusing on anything else because they still haven't made their first move right that is true actually that's a yeah. good point so That's a now, really good now the thing that you have to worry about, though, is as China gets weaker, uh, they may become more extreme in what they do and make some very 
some very harsh, unstrategic moves. Like they're not thinking anymore. They're just grasping. And so they, they, they do something and invade or something like that. Right. Not here. I mean, Taiwan. Um, but until they do that, I think they're just bluffing mostly. Yeah. And or, you know, or, they, or they could try to do something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, I, but I, I mean, we, we know like, what they've already done. And that, and I think that's the scariest part is how they've really infiltrated our country, not by force, but by economic ways, you know, buying farmland, massive amounts of farmlands, um, going into all corporations, putting their people into these corporations and, you know, stealing, stealing intellectual property this way or knowing all the secrets. I mean, their, their whole jet, what was it that I forget what jet it was. It was stolen from the, you know, oh, yeah. they, they hacked the Pentagon basically. They stole, and stole the, the, like the blueprints for the F 15 and then made something called like the whatever, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't the F 15, but it was like the, it was something one like of them that. anyway. Yeah. So, you know, J something, another anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's to me, that's the more scarier aspect because it's all happening behind the scenes and, and, in the schools, the school has been the big part, especially with the Confucius School, the Institute and in Canada. There was a big um, thing that happened where a lot of people fought against that. And so it, it is it is like good that people are waking up to these things. Um, there's there has been a few more laws put in place where foreigns, f foreign individuals or especially from China can't buy f as much land anymore, which is a good thing. But I mean, that's that's really how you would do it, right? You buy up all the land, and you would own the country essentially. Well, and, that's, and I, I think that's almost a scarier thought. Yeah, and that's kind of what what some of these articles were were saying is that if an if an EMP goes off in the United States and it knocks out the power grid, the entire United States becomes a massive farm overnight. Mm -hmm. It's just a big, big, big bunch of farmland. And then they were saying China's farm because the people are like yeah. really worried about China. But again, nothing's happened that's, with Taiwan yet. So, yeah, that's a good point. I, I really I don't think it would. I mean, the good thing is like one of the the the, the good thing that, that more recently happened with Taiwan is that the U.S. is really def going to offend Taiwan. You know, they're backing up Taiwan because they don't that, that can't happen. And I think that's that, I think that's the biggest fear. That what you just said that if China, if China did take over Taiwan, then they would they would start moving forward with their plans in other areas, and I think that could be the bigger fear, uh, and why, you know, they want to yeah. stop them from taking over. And of course, the Taiwanese people don't want that at all. No, of course not. So, like, what would yeah. happen? You're just gonna like go in there and kill them all because they're all free people. They're like, yeah, you know. All right. Well, anyway, right. we're going to head over to Rise.TV now where we're going to reveal what we really think about this film uh, and and what is really going on. And I'm pretty sure I have a pretty good beat on this after watching it and doing a bunch of research. Um, and then also just to remind you, we've got our new holiday deal, our, our, our once a year holiday deal, the Rise.TV forward slash holiday. You can go there and you can sign up for Rise.TV. Uh, for just $7 a month, and we've got over 400 videos of any kind of research topic that you might want to or that you might be interested in, your kids might be interested in, whoever. Uh, and it'll keep you kind of like talking for a whole, for gosh, you'll be the smartest guy in the room at the holidays. Why not do it? Um, 
anyway, <laughs> uh, we love you guys. Ben, thanks so much. No problem. And, uh, come on over to rise.tv and we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to do our, uh, our live Q and a and our meditation and prayer at the end of that. A bacterium infected a flea, a flea hitched a ride on a rat, a rat spread the black death to all of Europe, millions dead, dirty peasants infected, or is there more to the story? What if our advanced mindset of the future caused us to miss something about the past? What if something tied together every epidemic throughout time? What if people weren't just reacting to plagues, but plagues actually reacted to people? This is the first deep dive of its kind into a part of plagues never before acknowledged. You'll never look at history the same way again. So let's think about it. What exactly is a plague? Living in the future, it's easy to look at the people of the past and pass judgment. But there have been numerous plagues over humanity's history and even until today. I mean, this type of look at plagues we did might be the kind of deep dive nobody has ever done before on possibly the most covered subject in history. Plagued, part one, when society falls. Only on edgeofwonder.tv.